What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Branding, and with me, as always, Keith Bradley. Keith, how how you been, man? Been good. Can't say that I've been too terribly good. I mean, me and the wife, we had COVID. Been sick since last Saturday. That sucks. Been, yeah, the good thing is I feel a, a ton better. I started feeling better yesterday, day before yesterday. That's good. Been off work for a damn week, it feels like, which sucks, but hey, that comes with it. Dude, what I wouldn't give for a week off of work, (laughs) I I might voluntarily sign up for COVID (laughs) to do that. Oh my goodness. Uh, Well, that's good. You guys are getting better. How was your New Year's? Um, I was at work, so it was okay. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, we went over to my in-laws' house, which is pretty much what we do every year. Um, Because my side of the family, you know, like my my parents and stuff like that, like they don't, dude, they're in bed by nine. They're like, it's just another day, who cares? And uh, we go over to my in-laws and they, um, you know, they've got uh, a bunch of kids, you know, so all the kids are all running around and playing. And then the adults, we usually play you know, there's a couple of games that they will play uh, when, um, like, holidays and stuff like that. And it's, you know, they've got, uh, there's like, I can't remember what it's called. It's called Tomatodo in Spanish, which is like take it all or something. It's like a top that you spin. And however it lands, you either add a quarter, take a quarter, add two quarters or everybody playing as a quarter or you get to take it all and sometimes that pot will i mean you got five six people playing like we've had like 30 dollar pots with quarters it's crazy so we'll play stuff like that and it's usually pretty usually pretty fun so we we just did that on new year's and i mean basically since then i have done nothing but have my nose to the grindstone for every single day just still grinding away same thing as 2023 except there's an it's a four at the end of the year so yeah but yeah yeah, that's pretty much it been uh been crazy so did you get to see the chili bowl i did all right so we got we're gonna do our chili bowl recap today um we're not gonna be hopping into any nascar stuff or anything like that uh, we'll be diving in and doing all of our preseason stuff here for NASCAR and all the sprint car series and stuff like that um, here in the coming weeks as we get closer to the seasons actually kicking off. So, But before we do that, I want to talk about in the open today what I think is possibly the most important thing for a race car driver to have in today's world. Now. When I say this, I'm talking about aside from talent, right? You got to be able to drive the car. You got to be good. You can't suck. All right. But there's something else that's pretty much right. It's just one step below it. And if you have this, it could really make or break your career as a driver. And what that is, is your brand, your personal brand. Now, that is something that, that gets thrown around a lot. Um, especially with all these marketing jackass gurus that you see online, you know, always pushing their crap, their stupid courses on how to become a millionaire and, you know, in, in six weeks or less and all this bullshit. And for the most part, it, it has a bad connotation to it because essentially what it means is, is it's, it's just your reputation. 
how are you perceived by the public or by those who watch and follow you, right? That's all it is. And over the last week and a half, we've had a great, uh, we've had some great examples of this and no greater example was on display than what we saw between the cannonball, Cannon Macintosh and Thomas Mesrell. If you look at the incident that happened between them, right, where Timez just literally gets cannonballed, coming to the checkered flag it, in, in the B-Main for the Chili Bowl. If you think about those two drivers and how they are perceived afterwards, right, after in the aftermath of it, a big reason for that is because of how they are perceived just in general. Timez is beloved. Like he is. We can sit here and discuss and debate all day long, but you can make the case that over the last, I don't know, couple seasons, McIntosh has probably been better in a midget, at least results wise. Now, obviously, there's a lot of circumstances that came with that for Timez, but at the end of the day, our results are what is or what is what matters, right? Even Mesrol will tell you that results are what matters at the end of the day. But Macintosh is not liked, right? At least not at the level that team is. It's not even close. And one of the big reasons for that is, is their, what you would call their personal brand, their reputation. Macintosh to me, right? And I'm talking just from my, my perspective now. Macintosh to me is that spoiled brat, that whiny kid that if he doesn't get his way, he, he pisses and moans, he whines and cries. Is that true? I have no idea. I really don't. But that is my perception of him. And it's my perception of him because of the few times I've seen him, whether it's on an interview or on a video, right? Or hell, even on, you know, Team Ez TV, he's crying. He's bitching and complaining about something that he has literally done himself. He's one of those people, he's like those, those sim racing jackasses that we, that we race against, Keith, where they dive bomb the hell out of you and do all this stupid shit, and then if you rub their fender, they're on the mic yelling and screaming about it. It's, it's ridiculous, and that to me is Macintosh. Like I said, I have no idea if that's true, but that is the perception that I have of him. And when you look at that in a sport like Dirt Midgen, specifically something along the lines of, you know, what these guys do on the USAC side of things, where we talk all the time about the money not being what the wing racing is, right? We got more, more guys moving to wing racing every single season now, the, the bigger names in USAC racing. If you do not have that perception that is going to allow you to do things like, I don't know, make money on the side with merchandise or have a social media presence or whatever you are going to dig yourself a hole that is unfortunately going to follow you for a very long time and be very hard to break and what we saw at chili bowl between those two is a great example of that yes team has got escorted out by some security you know some official on a power trip he was brought back in when emmett came <laughs> cooler heads prevailed right like it's like dude come on let's let's not overreact here but at the end of the day if you look at how that incident was perceived Macintosh has been just annihilated for it right what an idiot he didn't even know what position he was in he didn't know he already had a transfer and you're right he should know that but dude 
let's be honest here. If that was Timez, if that role was reversed, we'd be saying, hey man, Chili Bowl, dude, it's hard to know what position you're in. When you, you're in lap traffic after a handful of laps, that track is super small. You don't know if necessarily know what lap it is. We saw Justin Grant, what was it, two years ago, lose a race because he thought the race was over. He straight lifted and got passed coming to the checkered flag. He thought the race was over, right? So this, this things like this can happen. That's human error. But because it's Macintosh, people don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because of, like I said, his reputation, how he is perceived. And Timez, Mr. Right, I mean, th- th- this is the guy who constantly talks about slide or die, okay? And don't get me wrong, that slider by Macintosh was, I'm like, dude, I mean, they were damn near nerf bar to nerf bar. It's like, I don't know how you ever thought you were going to clear that. But if the roles were reversed, I could promise you it would be a much different narrative on the Mesrol side than it is now. And it largely is due to the fact that Mesrol is beloved and Macintosh is not. And he's done it to himself because the few instances that you can think of where he has been in the spotlight He's whining, crying, pitching, and moaning. Keith, what's your thought on the on not just the the, the reputation aspect, of, but just the the incident itself? I'm sure you've seen it a hundred times, like everybody else has. What'd you think of it? Um, man, see, like people that don't realize about the issue, this stems from years past with yeah. these two. Yeah, it's been going on a while. Yeah, it's been going on a long while, and they've they've raced each other pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. But as far as the move, I, I thought it was a bitch move, to be honest. Um, to listen to his interview after, he was like, well, I tried it before, and he just drove around it. Well, yeah, that's his job. His job is to drive around your slide job. Yeah. And... Yeah, just, but just, that, just that move that he did before that Mazarol drove around was not the same move as this one that took no, him out. No, no. <laughs> he had way more momentum. It, yeah, and, and to watch it, 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 it was it was almost like he said, fuck it, I'm just going to send it, whether it sticks or not, or if I hit him or not, I don't care. Yeah. And that's what it looked like to me. And, and my reaction was, how do you not know? That you're not in a transfer spot with all of the technology that is hanging up around that building that shows you where you're at. Yep. Like, granted, yeah, there's a lot going on within the inside of the car. Whether he really knew or not, we'll never know. Mm -hmm. I just, I have a bad taste in my mouth when people throw moves like that when they know it's not going to clear. When they know that they're going to, they're going to make contact. And Timaz took it, took it like a champ. He took it right off the chin. I expected him to be a lot more animated than what he was. Yeah. Um, and then for, for them to kick him out, I thought was also kind of a bitch move because here, here's, here's the issue. And, and for the people that's never driven a race car, when you're upside down and, the track crew or safety crew think you're on fire and then they blow off a fire extinguisher and, it, mm-hmm. and it's in your face that that can kill you. That can make you really sick. Um, for them to say that he punched him, I, I knew right then and there 
<laughs> okay, well, that's a little exaggerated. Yeah. The good thing is, Timez has all them GoPros on his car yeah. and was able to prove that he did not touch nobody. He threw a steering wheel. Yes. Did it hit an official? Yes. Was it on purpose? I highly doubt it. Um. But he. But here's the thing: you got to understand when you, when you have things like that happen, you're not expecting a fire extinguisher to be blown off in your face. How no. would you react to it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I would react the same way. It, it would immediately piss me off. And I'm throwing the first thing that's close to me, whether it's the steering wheel, gloves, helmet. Yeah. Because now, now you got to get out of there faster than what you really want. You can't really take it in and, and, and soak up the fact that, man, I was just junked for absolute no reason. Yeah. And, and I've seen and heard all the comments, well, he lives by the slide or die and da 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 this, that, and the other. Well, here's the thing. I can I can count on I can't count on two hands how many times can a Macintosh has either screwed somebody, taken somebody out, wrecked somebody, or had an issue with somebody outside of Timez. Now there's a couple times where Timez has taken people out, but I I don't know. It just the the whole the whole slide job does not sit well with me because it's like, dude, you both were locked in. All you had to do is finish. Yeah. And and then for him to be a punk in the interview, it just that that just made me more less of a fan of Cannon Macintosh. And I never truly was a true fan of Cannon because yeah. he's he's somewhat of a cannonball. He really is. He's a loose cannon and and I think Keith Coons needs to Reel him in a little bit, because I think Cannon could be really good. Oh, the, if dude, the kid's got talent. Like, like, let's make no mistake about it. The kid can drive. Like, he can absolute drive. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I don't have a, a positive look on him either. You know, the, no. the instances that I think of with him are him doing stupid shit. Remember that one? I can't remember what race it was. It must have been a Power Eye race. Because it was this last season, it was in 2023, and Team has won the race, and he didn't win a USAC race until the BC 39. So it must have been Power Eye because it wasn't it extreme. Was power I know power exactly what race yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, Meserol throws a slider, and as he's mid slider, right, already going, the caution comes out, and Meserol's ahead. He gets the lead at the end. Meserol wins the race. And keep in mind, McIntosh had already jumped the start and everything like that to even get the lead. Race is over. McIntosh comes over to him, bitching, crying, throwing a fit. Like, literally sounds like a little kid throwing a fit. And that's what I think of when I think of Cannon McIntosh. It's like, dude, if something happens to you, it's the end of the world. Yet you do it and it's okay. You can justify it. And I have a real problem with people like that in general. I just do. And I do want to say this, and it's not even about Timez or Cannon. I want to say, I want to give a big hats off to Tim Engler for stepping up and having Timez's back through all of it. I seen that man so damn animated mm -hmm. within all the videos, him going to bat for Timez. Like, this ain't no shot at Dave Step. I just, I've never seen Dave get animated for Timez and... And hats off to Tim having your driver's back and and fighting to, to not be kicked out of the chili bowl because 
if if anybody's watched the team as videos, they were they were parked outside. They made them park the rig outside this year. For stuff that happened last year with Team as they said that's your that's your penalty from last year. You got to pit outside, and they the practice night. That I guess they didn't let them take in any spare parts, any any spare shocks or anything like that. So they were trying to run outside, grab things to to help the car on practice night. And it's hopefully the Chili Bowl treats Team as a little bit better this upcoming year. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's rough. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the old, uh, opinion on, on that incident. And, uh, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I hated it. It sucked. Um, I felt bad, you know, because if, you know, Mesrol for them to make the feature at the Chili Bowl would have been huge just because of, all the stuff, and, all the work that they put in on that car, they obviously were fast. They had speed. You know, the Chili Bowl is such a, it's such a crapshoot to, you know, think about getting locked in from your prelim night, right? And the, the number of drivers that are there. And then you look at, you know, how many do you take straight to the feature? Two. You're like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, so we got to be literally one of the best and i mean dude he was you know what was he tuesday night wednesday night i mean tuesday night tuesday night yeah i mean you know you look at the 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 people who were running that night i mean <laughs> there's some heavy hitters and Mezzerol finishes in the top i think he finished i don't know top was he top five around the top five i think top seven something like that and was in a b main right like that's a it's a very tough show to make very tough and for them to basically be in it right be a half a turn away from from getting into it and then not make it that that was unfortunate so yeah hopefully hopefully that uh they'll have a you know much much better year this year than last year and i'm actually i'm actually looking forward to it that's one of the he is one of the people that I'm looking the most forward to watching this year um, because I'm just interested to see how how he does when he when they run the wing car. But more importantly, I'm interested to see how that car is going to do with the Ford. So now that they've seemed to have got it pretty much dialed in. All right, so let's dive into our recap of the rest of the event now um if you guys remember keith and i we made some predictions uh for the prelims and then for the final night of racing um we're gonna basically just go through those we'll talk about each prelim night and then basically the uh the final night um overall i thought that the chili bowl was good i don't have you know, a lot of complaints about it, which is a good thing. You know, a lot of times you hear people complain about far more than they give credit for. But uh, yeah, anyway, so moving on here. First night out, we had the, and I'm trying to get all these, these names right. What was it? Monday night was the Cummings qualifying night. Um, you remember we had some pretty heavy hitters in this one. Uh, you know, 
we were just talking about him. Cannon McIntosh was in it. Uh, you had, you know, Taylor Reimer, Noah Gass, uh, Chris Windham, Chase Briscoe, Michael Pickens, and the man who won it, Tanner, Tanner Carrick. Now, I had Tanner Carrick finishing second. I had Wyndham winning. Keith had Wyndham winning with Jerry Coons Jr. I don't even, did Coons even make the feature on the prelim night, Keith? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I know he was in the 7X because they blew a motor practice night and Davey Step allowed them to run the 7X the rest of the weekend. I do know that. Oh, okay. Um, no, actually he didn't because him and Kale, his boy, was running in a B main and Kale transferred over Jerry. Okay. Two spots. Yep. So, so yeah, um, I, I had one of the two and one of them almost won. Um, big night for the, the boys from, uh, California. Carrick is from about 30 minutes away from me in Lincoln. And then Shane Golubic, who, uh, you know, if you, if you don't know who Shane Golubic is, um, and a lot of you probably don't, unless you're like hardcore into the wing sprint car, you know, racing, um, Golubic's big out here on West Coast. Okay. Um, you know, Corey Day, who everybody's heard of, right? We'll get to him here in just a bit. Um, you know, Golubic's one of the guys that's been battling Corey Day for the last, you know, couple seasons, and he's very, very good, very fast. So awesome night for him to get second place to Tanner Carrick with Pickens, Briscoe, and then Wyndham rounding out the top five. Uh yeah, so first night was pretty good. Uh, night number two, which we had the Warren Cat qualifying night. This was Keith and I basically had the same picks, except we had them flipped. I had the Nerd Assassin winning with Team S finishing second. Keith had you had Team S winning with the Nerd Assassin finishing second, and Kofoid got the win. Uh, Meserol ended up finishing. Where did he finish? Sixth. He finished sixth. Um, pretty good night. Wasn't actually when I watched. I th- I thought Tuesday night was one of the nights that I didn't think there was any big surprises on Tuesday night. Nothing really stood out to me on Tuesday night um, in terms of you know surprising factors. Um, I thought. Buddy was going to win. He did. The, the dude's insane. He's so good. Um, and, you know, one thing, I've heard this whole, you know, gotta be a midget driver to, to you know, win the Chili Bowl and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I think you just have to have some midget driving skills because apparently these guys can not do it very often and come back and just dominate, which is what Buddy did. All right, who else did we? Oh, it's Hank Davis. I got to be honest with you. I don't know a lot about Hank Davis. Chase McDermott finished third, David Gravel fourth, and Cameron Key in fifth. Okay, Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, I want to talk about Wednesday night for a few minutes here because I had some people who actually told me that they thought I was that I was reaching on Wednesday night when I said that I thought Corey Day was going to win and Corey Day won. 
Keith, did you see Wednesday night? Corey Day is the real deal. Yes, Dude, I, he's beyond the real deal. Yes. And the best part about that, the best part about that was the fact that he was driving a car that had a 19-year-old Mopar engine in it. The engine was older than Corey Day. Yep. I love that. That is so awesome, dude. That is so awesome. And, and that whole car, that whole car is old. Yes, it is. And that's is. what makes it even more mm-hmm. exciting, interesting. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we talk, I talked about it when we did our preview. I said, you know, Willie Kane is one of those guys who knows. I mean, Willie Kane can set up a car, a dirt car on anything, especially open wheel dirt, like he can. The dude is legitimately like genius when it comes to that stuff um if it wasn't for the whole factory cane shocks thing like that dude could go out right now and probably get on with a handful of outlaw teams right i mean he's he's that he's that good and he had that car dialed and you would have thought it was all brand new equipment and i gotta tell you it was something that that made it that much better for me just because we hear about that all the time with the chili bowl right everybody's bringing all this new stuff and cutting edge equipment and you know it's got to be lighter and better and newer and you know just more power and everything else and then here's this kid in a car that is older than my daughter who's graduated high school already and they're winning it's just it was incredible so yeah i had Corey day winning i had sunshine finishing second uh sunshine he had a nice comeback after his flip there um and he's plus he started towards the back anyways i think he started yeah. seven was it 17th or something 16th yeah he started deep yeah started deep and um was able to make his way up to eighth uh you had blake hahn winning um that didn't go too well no it didn't he finished 15th and you had sunshine finishing second which you didn't get there um one thing i will say is that uh I, I want to give a shout out to my man who I said was going to be my surprise driver, which was Ryland Gray. Uh, Ryland he made it to the feature on his on his uh, prelim night and started 19th and moved his way up to 13th. Um, I know in a in a week where we see some drivers, you know, on the move, which we'll get to Jason Persley's incredible run when we get to the final night here. But to move up six spots at the Chili Bowl is not an easy feat. It's really not. When you look at most of the drivers in those prelim nights, most of them are moving. If they're moving forward, it's two, three spots. You know, they're not moving up a half a dozen. So uh, for him to make the feature and then and then finish up there, I I was uh, I was pretty stoked to see that man. I thought I thought he did a, a good job. I know most of you probably don't know who he is, but um, I do, and I was happy to see him. Happy to see him get a get a good get a good run in there. All right, night number four, I think. Victory fuel qualifying night. Swindells are going to just be taking over the chili bowl here in the future. Um, so Keith, you actually you got this one. You had Spencer Baston and Tanner Thorson 
You had Spencer Basin winning, Tanner Thorson finishing second. You literally hit the nail on the head. This was by far my worst night. I had JJ Yaley and Brady Bacon. That was my um my Hail Mary night. Luckily I didn't need it, but um yeah. That was actually uh a really good um, run by Basin. I got to be honest with you, man. I thought Basin was definitely going to be one of the guys to compete with for the for the win on Saturday because I thought he looked damn good on his uh, prelim night. Yeah, and and I didn't have Spencer Basin being the only RMS car in the big show on my bingo no. card. I, I didn't at all. And Nope. He looked good. He looked really good Thursday night. Um, Tanner Thorson looked really good too. Um, it's something about the the Chili Bowl, man. Um, Spencer Basin ran really well last year. Tanner Thorson ran really, really well last year, and and I think this was one of the better nights. Not just because of the Kyle Larson effect, because yeah. Kyle was there, but as yeah. far as racing goes, I think I think the racing was. Really good Thursday night overall. Um, I do have one issue, though, that I'd like to bring up. I don't understand how guys can show up to a race or run in a race and have safety parts fail. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, Tommy. The guy that I think it was Thursday night got upside down, helmet came off. I, I don't understand how... How stuff like that keeps happening with the Chili Bowl. <laughs> can be so incompetent when it comes to putting your safety devices on, whether it's seat belts, arm restraints, your helmet. Like of all things to come off when you're upside down, a helmet. Should not be one of them. I don't understand how people could be so stupid. And, and granted, yeah, we don't know exactly what happened. Don't know if the chin strap safety failed. I'm going to assume that the the poor guy left it loose and it just, it slipped off. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like if, if I would have done any of that in my car when I was racing, my dad would have thumped me. Cause yeah, that was something, that's something you don't mess with is safety. No, the biggest priority is safety. Make sure that you come home in one piece after each night. Granted. Yes. He, he walked away from it. Luckily, I just don't understand how every year there's always a safety talk. We always got to have this talk of either seatbelts failing now, now helmets coming off. Yeah. And I think that was the same night some dude's throttle hung up and about freaking killed him. I just don't understand how, how you show up to, I'm going to say one of the biggest races of the year to start the year and have things like that go wrong. Like the guy that I'm mentioning, I don't even know his name, but he went into turn one throttle hung and it looked like he was dead in the car. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if the chili bull staff needs to step up and be like, look, if you're a Joe blow and you've never raced a midget, you cannot run the chili bull. I don't think it should be that way. I think everybody should have a fair shot, but on the other hand, you don't need shit like that happening. At all. No, you don't. Like this guy was in a very old car. The, the body parts 
the body components of the car just exploded off the car. You had arms hanging out of the car. I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I don't get why teams make shortcuts when it comes to safety for the biggest race of the year, knowing that, yeah, you're not in the national spotlight, but you're the main show on flow Mm -hmm. outside of that late model race. The people are going to be watching. I mean, the crowd was, it was packed every, that, that, especially that night. Chili Bowl, it's, it's sold out every year now. It's, it's I don't just, understand it. Yeah. I, I just don't. I don't either. Um, and look, this is coming from a guy that when I was 18, we were building an outlaw cart and the seat mount that we had, the bottom seat mount that we had, didn't work. We had a race the next day and we only had like eight hours that we were up all night building this car. And we zip tied our seat in. Okay. Um, That's amazing. We, we actually zip tied the seat in. Now keep in mind, it had the mount on the back of the seat that was still bolted in properly, but the bottom of the seat was zip tied to the frame. Now, when I say it was zip tied, I don't mean like we put a zip tie. We had probably 20 zip ties and they're the, they were those zip ties that are like as big as your pinky finger. You know what I mean? Like them thick, wide ones. <laughs> and I wasn't even, I wasn't racing it that night. My buddy Lee was, I was the one who was setting it up and he flipped it that night and that seat did not budge. Now, an outlaw cart is not a midget, but my point is this. I would never dream of doing something like that in a midget. I would never dream of having a car to where if it's like, dude, this thing's, we can race it. But if we wreck, the pieces might go everywhere, right? And I'm sure that's not people's intentions, but you're right. The the fact that we keep having these like safety issues, these safety hiccups with the Chili Bowl each year is starting to, it's becoming a theme now. And there's a couple of ways that you can look at it, right? I can make arguments for a multitude of paths on this. Number one is, look, when you have that many cars showing up, right? You got almost 400 cars showing up with drivers. Shit happens, okay? And that's that's the truth. It could be, right? You're just It's just simple math. Things are going to happen, right? Whether they're mistakes or faulty parts or whatever, things happen. Number two is, you know, the Chili Bowl has always been one of these things where it's kind of this, you know, run what you brung type of incident, right? Or instance, right? Where they don't have the same type of guidelines and rules that the other sanctioning bodies do, right? This isn't a USAC race. This isn't, you know, extreme outlaws. This is the Chili Bowl. It's its own thing. You got you got different wheel, you got different wheels that you run. You got all kinds of different stuff for this race alone. People built specific cars for this race, right? And when you see, like we just talked about Corey Day, like, I mean, he was in a motor that was almost 20 years old and a car that was hella old too. And he won his prelim night. It can be done. And I think the problem is, is that you have just two different types of setups there, right? whether it's professional versus amateur or experienced versus not as experienced, however you want to phrase it. I think what we're going to see happen with the Chili Bowl is that they're going to, there's going to end up becoming this minimum standard that needs to be met, whether it's with equipment or experience or whatever, because the last thing that they want 
is somebody dying at the Chili Bowl, right? That's the last thing any of us want. We don't want to see that. We don't want that to happen. But unfortunately, these midgets, you know, a midget is not the same as a sprint car, winged or non-winged. Okay. When you look at them and you're like, dude, that's a sprint car. It's just like half the size. Right. And when you look at them, they even look similar. You're like, yeah, that looks kind of, you take off the body parts and you're like, that's just a smaller rear end. And that's just a smaller motor. And those are just smaller wheels and smaller. Everything's just small, but that's not really the case. You know, on a sprint car, everything, if you look at like the engine, for example, everything's nice and neat and it's almost identical on every car. Well, that's because the packaging of it is basically the same. And you can swap a motor out in a 410 sprint car in literally, um, you're talking minutes, right? It, it, minutes. You have a couple of guys who know what they're doing and you got an engine hoist. Dude, you can rip that motor out and have a new one in, in literally 40 minutes, 45 minutes, right? I mean, you, you're flying, but I mean, you can do that. You can't do that on a midget. Everything is like built to fit. I mean, it's, it's, it's a completely different thing. And it was like this when I used to work on these cars, you know, 18, 20 years ago, we could, and I'm not, a, I wasn't a pro, but me and a couple of other guys, we could swap the motor out in a few hours on the, on the sprint car. If we wanted to do that on the midget and have it back in and running. That was like a two day process. Because you have to replumb everything and everything is like its own special piece that you're making to fit around this and this is to fit here. And, oh, we can't put that on until we put this on. And they're just a whole other beast. And when you have, to get to my point here, when you have these cars with this many people and they're, you know, guys are building whatever they can to get to this race. Because let's, let's be honest, there might be almost 400 cars there, but, you know, 85% of them are going to the Chili Bowl because they just want to be a part of the Chili Bowl, right? I mean, yeah, you got to think you're the best when you get on the track if you want to have a shot at doing good. But the majority of them are like, man, let's just go run the Chili Bowl. That would be awesome, right? We're not going to win. We're, if we even make the feature, it'll be amazing. But let's just go run the Chili Bowl. And that can you know, whether it's shortcuts or you just, you're using whatever you, I don't know, but that can lead to issues. If you are not making sure to dot every I and cross every T. And when you look at these teams, right? You look at someone like Keith Coons, right? Like you're talking about the, the most professional operation out there or one of the most, right? I guess you can make the arguments for other ones. And then you look at, you know, you look at Joe Blow over here who, who came from, you know, who's from, from my backwoods here in Live Oak, California, and they just built their car over the last month, right? It's just, it's different. It's different. And that guy's not going to have the experience that, that Keith Coons has, and there's a chance that they might miss something, right? And so we started seeing, you know, with these, with the inspections and all this stuff like this and making sure things are going to happen. And I think that's going to tighten up as long as stuff like this happens, right? Someone's helmet falls off, you know, dude's car explodes when the throttle gets hot. I mean, you know, it's just the cars are getting lighter and faster and this track ain't getting bigger, right? <laughs> it's the same size track. So, you know, there there's coming a point and with it now, there's more eyes on it than ever. You know, the, the Chili Bowl is, it's 
one of the premier dirt races of the year. It's not just like, you know, premier midget race. It is like one of the premier dirt races of the year. Like you can make the argument. It might not be up there money wise, but in terms of, you know, people paying attention, prestige, that type of deal, it's, you know, it's right there below, you know, Oxhill Nationals, Kings Royal, Late Model Dream, that those types of races. It's just one step below that. It's a huge event. So yeah, I'm with you, Keith. Um, definitely gonna see, I'm thinking we're gonna see all that stuff tighten up because you know, we don't we don't want we don't want those incidents to lead to horrible injuries or, you know, worst case scenario, lose somebody. So all right, so that was what was that? Thursday, Thursday night. Yep, Thursday night. So we had we got Friday night. Friday night was a big uh disappointment. Um Friday night was disappointing because one of my favorite dirt drivers just had a horrible night. And that was Justin Grant. Uh Justin Grant, who was always one of the, you know, just perennial favorites going into this event. I mean, you think about the runs that this dude has had there um, over the last few years. It's pretty incredible um, what he's done there. And, you know, he was Mr. Friday Night, right? Like, that's what he's been. He has dominated Friday Night prelims over the last however many years, you know. And... He had a tough one. He was running third. Uh, Logan Seavey got the win. I had Logan Seavey finish in second. Um, and Ryan Timms finished finished in second. Uh, Grant was running third and just caught the wall there coming out of four and flipped it. Did you see Friday night, Keith? Uh, watched bits and pieces. I had a, uh, a league race Friday night, but I watched uh, highlights. I seen the Grant wreck. It was tough, man. I felt bad, dude, um, because that happens and your weekend's pretty much done, right? I mean, obviously, you can drive through the field, as we saw, you know, Dason Persley, which we'll get to here in just a minute, um, do. But that's so rare because it's so hard to pass there and you don't know what track you're getting. You know, at the Chili, the Chili Bowl, it's not... There isn't some kind of set, um, you know, guide or outline on what to expect for the track. And what I mean by that is this. When you get to Saturday and you've got, I don't know, you've got a, a K main or whatever that they've got. I mean, there's so many consolations, right? When you've got that many consolations, you know that there's going to be reworks of the track. You know that they're going to add water or till up the top layer, right? Repack it or whatever. You know that those things are going to happen. You don't know when exactly. You have a rough idea. And even then, you have no idea how quickly that track is going to slick off. You have a rough idea, but you don't know. Like they, they reworked the track before the feature. Look at how that track was after 55 laps. You know, so you don't know. So to be able to hit the nail on the head with your setup so you can literally work your way through those fields and do it quickly is tough for anybody, even if you're Justin Grant, who is, in my opinion, 
you know, one of the best non-wing, non-wing race car drivers, you know, whether it's midget, sprint car, silver crown on the planet. And he dug himself a huge hole Friday night, which was really unfortunate. Um, Stenhouse Jr. did too, which was sad to see. I always like to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. do good whenever he runs dirt. So that was a, that was a bummer. Although that's pretty on brand for him. He, even when he was racing dirt consistently, he was a win it or wreck it type of, type of driver. So CV got the win. Uh, wasn't really shocked by that. Um, I thought he had a chance going into it. I got to tell you, going into the race, I thought it was Justin Grant's to lose. Grant was starting second. And CV worked his way through the field. I mean, he started seventh or eighth and got up to first. And that the, the dude's insane. He is so freaking good. And his, uh, apparently he's, his, his year that he had last year is just carrying over. Apparently that's not a, apparently that's not a, it wasn't just a great year. That, that's just going to be the norm now with Logan CV. Yeah. And, and Logan's really good when it comes to the chili bowl or he has been here lately. And mm-hmm. now I got to eat my crow <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> taste very good. I can tell you that, but yeah. I'm going to say I was dead ass wrong when it came to my, my yep. Logan CV take. Um, yep. So for those of you who don't remember, Keith had Logan CV as his most disappointing driver. Of yeah. The Bowl. <laughs> to, to say the least, you know, that, I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> call it what we call it, but yep. I was, I was dead ass wrong and I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong. Yep. Um, that's what I get for betting against not just a CV, but a Swindell inside of that building and a Swindell that's won that race multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man, I just, we were talking in our group chat after the, the race. And I said, could you imagine if, if CV was in the 39 all year? Yeah, it's to to come in in a one-off race and not just win it last year but to double up is very impressive when you just race for that team one time and i feel like they would be very dominant and very stout if they were together for a full season now yes it's hard to do with kevin doing the wing stuff and cv doing his stuff yeah but that being said do you think this is, I'm going to call it the Chili Bowl Dynasty. Do you think this is a new Chili Bowl Dynasty? It sure seems seen like it. it. We've seen it with Sammy, with his stuff. Kevin, mm-hmm. with his stuff. And now we're starting to see it with Logan, CV, and Kevin with the 39. And it seems like we have a dynasty starting with these guys. It sure seems like it. And, you know... uh. Last year, you know, speaking of the wing car, last year, you know, the the 39 Swindell car didn't run that much. It didn't run nearly as much as it used to. Now, from my understanding, I think Kevin was sick last year. Um, They also, if you remember, they had Justin Sanders. Then he 
went. Then they had Hunter Schoenberg, who actually got them their best finish of the year, which was, um, you know, the feature at at uh, Knoxville Nationals, making the feature at the Knoxville Nationals. I think they might have finished top ten, if I top ten or top fifteen, something like that. But they didn't run that car very much. What well, sounds like this year they're going to be running Logan CV in that thirty nine car this year, the wing car. And Good. this is we talked about it. I talked about it before. I said I, I, uh, this was one of the most controversial things that I said where people thought I was nuts, where I was talking about, look, we've got two premier wing sprint car series now, national tours, and everyone's talking about it's going to divide the drivers. And I, to me, I said I thought the, the biggest thing that it could hurt was our USAC stuff, that we would see more of these midget and non-wing guys go to the wing side. Logan CV has ran some wing races. He hasn't, from my understanding, the schedule that they're looking at running this year is nothing like he's done before. You know, same thing. We we see Chris Windham's going to be doing a whole lot more. Tanner Thorson's going to be doing a whole lot more. You know, we've seen a lot of these guys make that move, but I really think Sunshine Tyler Courtney is one of the biggest reasons that we're seeing this migration. Obviously, it's more money. We've talked about the money aspect of it at nausea and we don't need to get into that but to see tyler courtney have the success that he's had on the wing side i think there's a lot of these guys looking at that being like dude i can do that i can do that and you know they are they are doing it you know even meserol is going to be running a lot of wing races this year right he's going to be running that maverick series and running low, low. he's not just doing you know usac midgets so we're seeing a lot of these top guys make that jump. Obviously, they're going to continue running midgets and stuff like that, but we're seeing them make that jump, make that move. And yeah, from what I'm hearing, Stevie's going to be piloting that 39 410 sprint car. So I'm actually looking forward to that because if you actually look at when that car is at its best, when the Swindell car is at its best, it's when they have a driver that they are running with consistently. And what I mean by that is, is when those guys were, you look a couple years ago, when they would run, you know, one race, it would be Christopher Bell, and then they would throw in a Justin Sanders, and then they would throw in Sammy, right? And then they're just, there was no consistency, right? They might have a good run here. They might even win a race, but there was no consistency. When those guys are at their best, it's when they've got, you know, and, and the, Working with a, a team as a driver and vice versa, you need time. You know, there, there's there's a relationship aspect and a communication aspect that you need to have in order to be successful, right? Um, I my buddy uh, Kyle that I've talked about a bunch, and um, he lives out here on the West Coast. And he runs sprint cars up and down the West Coast and stuff like that, owns a car. He's put, you know, and uh, he's going to be running a couple of cars this year. And I'm going to be going with them to a lot of stuff. Uh, in fact, I'll be making videos of it and stuff like that. I'll be documenting a lot of it because I just want to kind of show that side of things. But anyways, um, and we were talking about it because he's got one car he's going to be running consistently with the guy. It's his nephew that's been driving. He's got another one he's going to be running with the new driver. 
for a lot of the bigger events. And they're going to be starting off at, at other stuff because you can't just show up for the high limit swing with a new driver and expect to just knock it out of the park. You've got to have that communication. You've got to know what the driver wants. When they say this, what do they mean? Right? What are they talking about? We think you just be like, oh, it's loose. Well, dude, that can mean so many different things. Right? One of the greatest stories of all time when it talks about, you know, driver crew chief communication. If you haven't listened to it, it's hilarious. Was Andy Petrie. Did you ever you ever watch the Dale Jr. download, Keith? Yeah. You ever see the story when Petrie was talking about Dale Earnhardt and how he described a loose race car? Yeah. It's hilarious, <laughs> man. It's hilarious. He, Petrie keeps asking him, hey, man, how's the car feel? And Earnhardt says, that's ah, pretty neutral. And so Petrie thinks what anybody else would think. Well, car must be good because neutral means it's not loose. It's not tight. And every driver that I've worked with, that's what neutral means. So finally at Rockingham, the car looks like it's spinning out through the corner or about to. And he... Petrie says, hey, man, how, how's the car? And he said, well, it's pretty neutral. And he's like, God, that thing looks loose to me. He's like, well, I've been telling you it's neutral. Like neutral meant loose for Dale Earnhardt. And what he was talking about was the, the feeling in the, in the steering wheel. That's what he meant by that. Now, I know that that's, that seems like a one-off story, right? And we're talking about Dale Earnhardt and, and Andy Petrie and NASCAR. The same stuff applies in dirt racing. It really does. No matter who the driver is and who the crew chief is, that consistency matters. And I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do because I think Logan CB is an incredible talent. I know you feel the same way, Keith. And Kevin Swindell, the guy knows racing. He knows racing, man. He obviously knows the Chili Bowl. What he went, four of them. I mean, as a driver, now he's won two more as a car owner, crew chief. So... I'm with you, man. I think it's going to be awesome to see what they can do in that 39 sprint car this year. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Although I'm yeah. sad to see Wing Race and take another one of our USAC guys. Yeah, and and the good thing is is now they got some continuity mm-hmm. within that 39 because, like you said, they'd have X driver for this race, different driver for this race, and now they get the same driver week in and week out. And now they can just build on that relationship because you know as well as I know, if you have a good relationship with your crew chief, car owner, or whatever, the better off you will be because now now you know you you can read how the car is doing just by body language. And that's that's yes. a good thing I like about Kevin Swindell. You don't really gotta get it I mean, you gotta get in depth, but you don't have to get as far in depth because body language is everything. Mm. Talking with your hands as a race yep. car driver is very big, and and people point, laugh, and joke about it, but it's true. Yep. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm excited to see what what the 39 can offer to Logan and what Logan can offer to the 39, because he is a really good wing racer when he's given the opportunity to run in a wing car. And I know Chase Briscoe's gave him a couple opportunities. Um, Landon Simons, another one gave him a couple opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. I will not be betting against them this time. I will say that. No, me neither. So that brings us to our final night, Saturday night, which is feature night. Um, obviously a lot is going on, on the final day of the chili bowl. Um, you know, like I said, they've got. What did they have? They had 
and O main. And keep in mind, there is two of each. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And like I said, that's on the- like what is? Th- I'm trying to do the. I'm trying to count it off. What is that? Is that fifteen letters? That's half the alphabet. Yes, and <laughs> it's half the alphabet. And multiply that by two. That's you. Ta- you take the A main out, right? That you're talking like that's like twenty four prelims that's insane dude that is insane oh my yeah. god i did not even realize that they ran that many because I, I i'm gonna be honest with you i did not watch all the all the prelims i didn't start watching until about the d main that's crazy um, i can i can sit and say with my hand raised that i did not feel good saturday and i laid on the couch and, mm-hmm. and started watching it as soon as i woke up and i seen yep. the very first prelim that morning yep <laughs> So now I did um I did like the way that you know I do like the pull shuffle um the way that they do that and you know get those guys out there and you know head to head and run in and stuff like that. So I did like that. That was pretty cool and I I didn't watch that live. I went back and watched some highlights cuz like I said I was not going to be sitting there watching the whole the, it I mean it's cool when you're there when you're at the chili bowl and keep in mind when I was there the last time, um, I want to say that there was like, it was like an H main, a G main, something like that. I mean, we didn't, there wasn't almost 400 drivers. There was around 300, just under 300. I think when I was there somewhere right around there, but yeah, it's a long day of racing. Now, Kyle Larson, we talked about it. he, we mentioned it. He called Keith Coons, wanted to come race. Keith had an extra car. Larson showed up, had a tough prelim, and because he didn't lock himself in, couldn't get locked in, um, he was done. That was it. He had essentially one shot to to make it. And if you actually look at the scheduling and everything that happened, uh, there was a good chance that if he had been locked in, that he still might not even have been able to make it in time. So he he needed three hours. Yeah. So and, it would have been tough. No, I was just gonna say it would have been tough. Yeah, and and to back up what Tommy's saying, um, beings at the Chili Bowl show moved faster than I think everybody anticipated. Yes. Um, they would have had to delay the race almost three hours just to give Kyle a chance. Mm-hmm. And that still would have been very, very iffy. And, and I'll say this, I think that's the first time I've ever seen Kyle Larson show up and struggle in a midget. Just to, just to throw it out there. I think no, he I, looked human, yes, which was, which, which I loved folks. I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan. I think Kyle Larson is one of the best things to happen to dirt racing ever. I really do. And we can sit and argue all day long about whether or not this would have happened anyways with a different driver because of social media and exposure. Whatever. That's fine. I'm just telling you right now, Kyle Larson is one of the greatest things to ever happen to dirt racing. You can see a direct correlation between Kyle Larson and where dirt racing is at today. 
If you look at him getting up to, especially over just the last couple of years, you look at when he got in trouble in NASCAR, lost his ride, went dirt racing for a full year, then went to Hendrick and has been bouncing back and forth. You look at that year that he lost in NASCAR and was full-time dirt racing and the exposure that dirt racing has now, there is a direct correlation between that. Absolutely. People pay. Yep. So there's so many more people who follow dirt racing because of Kyle Larson. Well, and, and dirt racing needs Kyle Larson and Kyle Larson needs dirt racing. Absolutely. It is, it is a love hate relationship to a point, but I think the things that Kyle Larson has brought and done for dirt racing needed to happen Yep, long before Kyle Larson even did. Oh it. yeah, uh, definitely. Just because I think there was, there was a disconnect between motorsports fans Yes. Dirt racing. I mean, everybody before Kyle Larson thought dirt racing is just a bunch of rednecks, a bunch of toothless rednecks, and dirt racing's dumb. This is dumb about it's it. Stepping and, down. Yeah, and which it, is it's the dumbest thing dumbest ever. Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, because we can sit here and say there's more talented dirt racers than there are NASCAR drivers. I'm sorry, but it's true. It is a fact. Yes. Um, there, there's dirt superstars all over the country. And if you put them all in one room, you, you wouldn't be able to, yep. you, you could fit 30 NASCAR drivers in one room. You can't with dirt. Yep. And, and the things that Kyle does for dirt, his love and passion for dirt racing is awesome to see from from a fan side, from a driver side, from a former race car driver side, it is awesome. Um, dirt racing needed to be, I'm not going to say put under the microscope, but put on the map. Yeah. Back Have the spotlight the shown on it. Yep. Yeah. And and thank God for flow racing and dirt vision for, mm-hmm. for seeing done. all this. And yeah. yeah. And, and not only just Kyle Larson, but the people that's close to Kyle actively support dirt racing i mean would you ever imagine a day where rick hendrick supports dirt racing no yeah no Mm-mm. no no chip ganassi supporting dirt racing nope. no yeah because you didn't see jeff gordon doing this when he was at when he was driving no no and and i think we all can sit here and say that chip ganassi has always had somewhat of a, a soft spot for dirt racing in his heart because i mean Brian Clawson took a flyer mm-hmm. on him. Kyle Larson took a flyer on him. Um, one worked out and one didn't. Um, but now dirt racing's back where it, it belongs. It, I think it, to, to, in my opinion, I think dirt racing needs to be on a national scale as far as TV goes and as far as putting it even further into the lights of, of the national spotlight, I'll say. Yeah. Um, I know I, I caught a bunch of flack from somebody saying, cause I said dirt racing's far more superior than the NASCAR racing. I'm sorry. I'll stick to it. I'll live on and die on that hill. Yep. I do too. And, uh, to bring it back around to what I was start what I started to say on this and I, I got, got sidetracked. Well, I got I'm sidetracked sorry. too. I, I'm the one that got you sidetracked. It's just good to see Larson be human. Because it it allows other people to step into the spotlight. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at you could be Joe Blow racing at the Chili Bowl. And hey, mm-hmm. I beat Kyle Larson to, to transfer into the the big dance. And, yep. and what I love about Kyle just coming out of nowhere and blindsided everybody is it brought 
it brought Ricky Stenhouse Jr. back to the Chili Bowl. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of flew under the radar because of the hype Kyle Larson brought. It did. But, but I thought that was great to see, too. And it, yeah. I'd, I'd like to be a fly on the wall to see how that all transpired, whether Ricky was like, well, damn, if he can just call and get a ride, I can do the same thing. Yep. And and hats off to Keith Coons for stepping up and saying, yep, we got a car for you. And then, yeah, thank God he's got so many cars lying around. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, good thing you brought 30 of them to the, to the Chili Bowl in – and to not even answer the phone or to answer the phone for Kyle Larson, but then to turn around and answer the phone for Ricky, I thought was awesome. Yeah, me too. So, so yeah, Larson, rough weekend at the Chili Bowl, but it was still still cool to see him make the attempt. Uh, so back to Saturday, um, if you look at, and we're going to highlight Jason Persley here. Jason uh, Persley, was in the D main. All right. And he was able to work himself from the D to the C. Uh, He won the D main. All right. He then barely made it out of the C, he started sixth, which keep in mind, he started 16th in the C. He finished fifth, okay? D main, he, where the hell did he go? Uh, B main, he starts 20th and finishes fifth, and he made it to the A main, all right? Now, keep in mind, he's not racing scrubs. Okay. Jason Persley's B main, all right, that he was able to drive to fifth place. Okay. Here's the drivers that were in this B main. Just some of them Michael Pickens, Michael Facento, Kale Drake, Chase McDermott, CJ Leary, Landon Brooks, Zach Dom, Bryant Wiedemann, Tyler Courtney, Chris Windham, Kale Coons, Nick Hoffman. On most nights, that's a feature. That's on a B main. <laughs> and keep in mind, that was one of two B mains. That's a feature. And he drove through, dude, just diced up the field. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. You know, I wasn't around for, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't watching live when Wolfgang, you know, made his miraculous run through the Knoxville Nationals, right? You know, literally did the alphabet soup to the feature and then had an incredible A main. I didn't get to see that, right? That was a little before my time in terms of when I was paying attention to sprint car racing. And I don't want to sit here and compare this to to Doug Wolfgang's incredible run, but this was incredible. To do this at the Chili Bowl, to be in the D main and make it to the feature the way that he did is nuts because folks he didn't just make the feature all right he started 20th in the feature and finished in fourth he finished fourth he's one spot off the podium that that i that is so incredible it is so incredible keith did you see Persley's run? Did you get to see it for in the consulate? Because it was it was nuts, dude. It was absolutely nuts, man. Insane. I was blown away by it. 
Jason personally have a day, my friend. Oh my god, dude, Holy it was cow. nuts. I did not have that on my bingo card, and I wish I did. Me too. <laughs> Jason personally proved to everybody that he belongs in the sport of midget racing, whether it's racing full time or he deserves to to have a ride. Oh yeah. He does. Yeah. Um, he uh, he shocked the hell out of me. I will say that I did not expect him to go from the D to the C to the B, and and like you said, he's starting at the tail of the C, and the C could be a basically a USAC feature somewhere, mm -hmm. and then then it just gets harder in the B because now now you you might as well say you're playing one of the old good NASCAR games on the hardest level possible. Yes. And, transfers through yep. and not just transfers through now he's got to start at the tail of we'll say a video game on all pro yeah everything maxed out as far as the hardness level goes and runs all the way to the i'm gonna say damn near to the front because he finished yep. fifth yep. or fourth that is hard especially when the track basically locked itself down and it went single groove but dason persley was flying and I almost wonder if he had something for Logan Seavey if a yellow did happen to come out. Yeah. I'm not going to sit and say he did because, uh, I mean, of course he didn't because it went green. But it, it would have made it interesting because I think he would have at least made a run to a podium, if not second. Yeah. Because I think he was he was way faster than Buddy. He just couldn't get to him because the track locked down. Yeah, the track did lock down. And, and keep in mind, okay – what is he? Is he 19? 20? He's young. He's young. He's, he's, not, young. I, I, he's not 21. Um, and this is only... It's, has it even been two years since he like broke his neck? Been a year. Because it was, it was last year at... Wasn't it last year at the Tulsa shootout that he came back after like nine or ten months? Something I want to like say that. it was last yeah. year that he came back. You guys, if you don't know, Jason Percy like broke his neck, and like he had to like relearn how to walk and stuff. Yeah, they didn't think he was going to race again. No, they thought he was going to be a vegetable, man. He, I can't remember the term that they used, but it was like a um, uh. So it's like undiagnosed quadriplegic or. Or partial yes. or incomplete or it was some kind of weird word I've never heard it. I've never heard it explained like that before. So, but basically he was like a quadriplegic, but not completely. Like there was still a chance. I don't know. It was weird, but he was able to have a surgery and, and come back. Yeah. So November of twenty twenty one is when he was hurt. When he got hurt. He was seventeen at the time. He fractured or broke his C four and C five and had to have a fusion fusion surgery to repair it so yeah he's 18 19 years old 19 yep. yep and for him to come back to the chili bowl or run the i shouldn't say come back because last year he was back but I, to run the chili bowl this year and have the run that he had is incredible yeah and 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 not to get off way off topic but dason looked really good in a non-wing sprint car for ko last season um, I'm excited to see how this momentum from the Chili Bowl carries the rest of the way. And and to get back on the subject of his wreck, I think they were thinking that it was going to end up 
being like a Shane Meal type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, similar injury to a point. Um, and they expected the same outcome. And those of you that don't know, Shane Meal was racing a silver crown car, had a crash, hit cage first into a concrete barrier and paralyzed him. Um, and they, they were thinking that Dason was going to end up the same way. Um, yep. Glad to see that he's not. Uh, I think Dason Persley is really, really good for dirt racing um, when given the opportunity. And yep. I love that he went and showed out in one of the Reinbold cars because it, in my eyes, Keith Coons threw him back to the wolves after he got hurt, basically said, I don't need you anymore. And Dason one upped him and damn near put it on the podium with Jilly Bull. Yeah. He did it the hard way. Yeah, did it the very hard way. So yeah, hats off to him. I just wanted to give give him some flowers on that because he had an incredible run. And they're well deserved. Yes. Well deserved. Yep. He had an incredible run. And speaking of incredible runs, um obviously Logan C V got the win. Uh Buddy finished second. Corey Day, my man who I've been hyping up like crazy. Uh, and who doesn't even need my hype because he's so good, got third, put it on the podium, and Hursley finished fourth, Hank Davis fifth, big run for him, shout out. Golubic was sixth, Carrick seventh, based in eighth, Vicento ninth, and Jake Swanson tenth. So, a uh, huge run for all of those guys. I mean, just making the feature is a big deal, um, you know, for any driver at uh, the Chili Bowl. Um, one driver who had a really good run, um, which you know, I I didn't hear a whole lot about this guy, um, until I started watching him was uh. Kale, um, Kale Drake. Now, Keith, maybe you can fill me in on this. Because I honestly don't know. I This was the first time I'd heard heard his name. Is, is he relation to Jay Drake? Um, is I his believe son? So. I believe so. Because that's what I thought when I heard. I was like, Kale Drake. I'm like, that sounds like, like, I wonder if he's related to Jay Drake. I remember watching Jay Drake at the Chili Bowl when I was there. So that's 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 how long ago that was. But yeah, he was somebody that I didn't I hadn't heard much about and he had a a really um good run at the Chili Bowl for someone who's not getting a lot of like I said, not getting a lot of pup. Um he came from the B main, locked himself in, moved up four four or five spots to to transfer and then he started 22nd in the feature and drove all the way up to just inside the top 15 got 14th or something like that so uh nice run for him um on the opposite side of that some guys who had some bad luck in the feature tanner thorson rough night for him uh chase briscoe who had I mean, unfortunately, he DNF'd in the feature, but had a good run when you look at the week in totality. Pretty good, pretty good week for him. Yeah, and and I gotta give a shout out to to Risky Brisky. 
not only did he put himself in the show, but he had both of his team cars in the show, which is great. Um, Carter Sarf was in the mm-hmm. other Chase Briscoe car. And I know Chase has been looking forward to making the, the big show for quite some time now. And yeah, he looked really good in the Virock race and used that momentum and carried him to the big dance. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have the the success that I don't think he wanted. Um, but man, hats off to him getting both cars in, in the a feature saturday yeah. night yep nice um nice job for uh chase chase briscoe yeah it was good to see um maybe he ought to consider making a move back to dirt racing be done with this whole nascar thing so yeah seem to do better on the dirt but um yeah don't think that'll happen so so overall it was a really good week of racing um now, last thing, because there was some complaints about the track, the track prep. As usual. Yeah, which I'm surprised that, I mean, I would be surprised if there wasn't, just because there always is. Um, you know, I think it was, was it Keith Coons who said, track prep gets an F for the weekend or something like that. Uh, I want to say Keith Kuhn said it was something like that. I've got, I've, I've read so many articles and seen so much stuff. I've got it all confused. I should have wrote it down for those of you. I'm, I'm a little off right now. I was, I, it's almost 8 AM my time. And I was up until after midnight last night working. So um, I want to say it was Keith Coons, but yeah, everyone was, a lot of people were complaining about the track and you know, it it got it it got rubbered down there at the end, which we've seen happen at the Chili Bowl before. I I don't I I you know this isn't something new, but I honestly don't know, Keith, if there's a way to prevent it. I mean, I don't know if there's a way to prevent it. Yeah, and and I don't know either. I don't know if you could run all the soup races the day before start the show earlier on Friday. I don't know the best way to do it. That's the thing with that Um, many cars, even with them reworking the track, I don't know if it's possible in in the time frame. Yeah. To have a track that doesn't rubber down. I think the only, the only other thing that I could think of is instead of, having Sunday practice day, maybe have practice day Saturday and start the show a day sooner. I don't, I don't really know. I just know that people bitch last year because the show took too long because why they were prepping the track, they were reworking the track. And now that it was sped up, they were happy that, Hey, race is going to be over sooner, but the racetrack took a hit because I mean, the track wasn't great for the a main saturday night like it was still really a really good race yeah but the track kind of sucked it had its flaws but when you have three over 300 race cars putting i'm gonna say a couple hundred thousand laps on a racetrack you're eventually gonna hit hit it 
hit a dead end like they did. Now, do I think running, starting the show instead of Monday started on Sunday? Will it help? Ah, I don't know. I really don't. Like, I know people want the Saturday night A-Main to be a track like the prelim nights. I just don't think that's possible. I really don't. Because either way, I think you're going to, people are going to bitch to bitch, to be honest. Um, they are. The The unfortunate thing is, is I think this is, this is what happens when you have over 300 race cars show up and put a few hundred thousand laps on a racetrack, mm -hmm. a dirt racetrack at that, because eventually you're, you're going to hit a, a dead end like they did. And you can only rework the track so many times till it, it's stale and it's stale. I will admit, but I don't, I don't know the right way to do it. I really I, don't. I don't know either. Um, I just, I don't know when you've got that many cars. I just know on the track. Don't fix it. Yeah. You've got that many cars on the track and there's that much racing going on. I just, I don't know if it's even possible. You know, whether or not you can prevent that. Now, I will say this. You can definitely, you can definitely say that Buddy got shafted on the, uh, yeah, <laughs> on the pass. Okay. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know the, the scoring that, I don't know how that scoring loop works or what's going on there, but, uh, yeah, Buddy, Buddy definitely, um, he should have had, he should have got the lead on that. Uh, even Logan CV said that, yeah, he caught a break there. So, so yeah, that's tough. Now, would he have held on and won? I don't know. Who knows, right? It's, it's so easy to, to play devil's advocate and it's really easy to, to, uh, you know, have hindsight on the whole situation and go back and just be like, well, you know, I mean, if he had got the lead and track locked down, he would have just won it. Who knows? Right. But overall, if you look at it in totality, uh, the chili bowl, it, it was, it was great this year. There was a lot of good racing. Um, overall, it just delivered. I, I mean, it, to me, it, it's one of the better. It's I thought it was one of the better chili bowls I've seen in years. Just overall, the entire week of racing, there was good racing on the prelims. Um, you know, we saw you know multi groove racing. There was some of the you know a couple of the heavy hitters weren't there again in terms of you know obviously Larson came in late, but I honestly didn't think he was gonna. And I thought he might make the fee. I thought he might would make the feature, but I didn't think he was going to be a contender for the win just because like we were talking about, you know, you've got to, to just hop into a car that you've never been in and go out there. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, as great as Keith Coons is, he's not Paul Silva, right? That's who Larson is used to running dirt with. So, um, you know, besides him making his double duty, you know, but Rico wasn't there. Obviously, Chris Rebell not there. I mean, he hasn't been there for two years now. But, you know, you look at some of the the bigger drivers not being there. And then also some of them, 
that we are used to seeing do very well have rough nights, i.e. Justin Grant. You know, those guys just tough time on the track. And we saw a lot of guys um, step up and have incredible runs. You know, had I told you that the top five was going to be Logan CV and Buddy Kofoy. I mean, those two, you could be like, yeah, but then Corey Day, Dason Persley, and Hank Davis, right? I mean, if 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 that was a, a wager at a casino, um, the odds on that would have been pretty good, right? That would have been a nice payout. So overall, I thought it was a great week, man. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it'll be a... Uh, I'm sure it'll be fun again next year. So, yeah. What's your final thoughts on the Chili Bowl, Keith? Um, overall, I thought it was really good. Um, we, I mean, we've seen the ups and the downs and the hurt and the heartbreak of the Chili Bowl. Um, I think it had everything that a race fan would want. Mm-hmm. Um, the feature was really good. I mean, I think Corey Day definitely put his name even more out there, even further out there. Um, anybody that listens to this podcast knows how we feel about Corey day. Yeah. Uh, the next coming of Kyle Larson. Yep. I'm not afraid to admit that at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and just to see the, the names that are usually up front that weren't up front, like the Kyle Larson's and, and the others and you had guys that made the show that's never made the they main um yeah seen how hard it is to to make it um hank davis is a is one that i keep looking back on um had a monster run last year and followed it up with another monster run this past year i should have probably picked him for one of my prelim nights and i didn't i overlooked him <laughs> because he's not a big name He's not a household name. Um, I just, I don't know what they could do to, to make the Saturday night show better without doing a full track rework as far as turning the track completely over like they do after the prelim nights. Yeah. Because then, then you'd have the people, well, it's taken too long. Well, that's why they have a trade show. Go walk around. Yep. So um, I think short of that, yeah, you're not going to be able to. No, no. And, and I don't think you'd be able to. Um, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Logan CV made me eat crow and I'm cool with that. Yep. Another <laughs> uh, great night. Team as gave us some good content. Um, he always does. Kana Macintosh did Kana Macintosh things and couldn't even run. <laughs> inside the top 15 in the feature which i thought was great to see and i'm usually not one to to wish bad intentions on and i'm just i'm glad he didn't have a good run i was hoping he'd blow a rod on lap one i think i even said that to him on twitter <laughs> and their family deleted that tweet and i think that's even funnier but hey that's it's awesome. the chili bowl. I think things like that are are bound to happen. Not the chili bowl. Things are going to get rough, but there's a fine line. There should be a, a line drawn in the sand at some point. Um, overall, I thought the chili bowl was really good. Uh, it's usually one of my favorite races to watch yep. to, to kick off racing season. Mm-hmm. And it 
dirt racing starts with a Super Bowl, and this is dirt racing Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yep, yep I'm with you on that. So, so yeah, overall, and what awesome a week for racing. Pickens. I don't know how yeah. we overlooked him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So bummer for him. He, uh, you know, DNF'd in the the, the feature. In the on, feature, but, but hey, overall, yeah. You guys want to want some content? Look up Michael Pickens and and watch what he does overseas. Uh, that dude's a a beast. Yeah, in, he in, can drive a car. Yep, he can drive. So, so yeah. But overall, that, that's my that's my take on the Chili Bowl. Yep, yep, mine too. So that's going to do it all for this week's episode. Now we are off next week. We will be back. On February 1st um, or February 2nd, going to depend on how my schedule looks, but we'll be back in two weeks. And then after that, we'll get going again with our, uh, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, February 1st, we'll be back. And then it'll be the 15th. And then that's the week of the Daytona 500 and we'll be going every week after that. So, um, yeah, we got a couple more of these every other weeks. Uh, next show, we will be doing our preseason breakdown of dirt racing, which going to be fun. We're going to be breaking down the high limit and the world of outlaws. Um, we will, although me and Keith are not the biggest late model guys, uh, we will talk also about the late model seasons with world of outlaws and Lucas oil plus USAC. So we're going to be doing a lot of dirt race and talk on the um, next episode. Can What's I, up? can I get one thing in real quick? Yeah. Man hats off to freaking high limit. The, the, the dice roll that they're doing is so badass. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but they, they, they redid it. So the fan that does the dice roll, if you roll, say, a 12 and the driver wins from 12, they get 12 grand. And then whoever the dice roller is, they get half of it. Yep. So a fan could walk away with $6,000. I think that is freaking awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool the way that they're doing it. Hey, and, and hats off to them. Hats off to, to High Limit. I love it. I love what they're doing. I love what they're bringing to the sport of sprint car racing. Mm-hmm. And sorry for getting it off the rails once again. No, you're good. Yeah, we we're, we're gonna be tight. We're gonna be covering that um, uh, in a couple of weeks when we do it because yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, you know, Rico's been been kicking ass over in Australia. Uh, Hod and Shield just got a win. What was it a couple nights ago? Um, you know, so a lot of a lot of stuff's been going on. You know over in Australia, New Zealand area with the sprint cars. Um, you know, obviously we had chili bowl going on, which is a big deal, but yeah, we got a big breakdown coming of all things dirt here in a couple of weeks before we get into the NASCAR side of things. And I know there's been some stuff happening on the NASCAR side of things. I'm going to be honest with you. There just doesn't enough of it. It just hasn't been so much to really tickle my fancy. Um, you know, so we'll we'll get back to the NASCAR stuff here soon, right? For Daytona, but until then, it's going to be dirt because that seems to be what's going on. And yeah, I like it more. But anyways, so that's going to do it, Keith, my man. Have a good weekend. Thanks, my friend. You do the same, and I will. 
I will. And all of you out there, uh, have a great weekend. Stay warm um, wherever you are in the in the country. I know some people right now are getting blasted by an Arctic chill. And uh, yeah, it's not fun, by the way. No, it's not. We had it, it hit us like last week. And for us, you know, it's we're talking like in the 20s. I mean, I know for a lot of you out there, that's a warm day this time of year. You're putting on shorts when it's that temperature. Um, so I can only imagine how bad it is for you guys because. <laughs> If it's, it's in the 20s here, it's negative teens wherever you're at. It's so. 24 right now here. Uh, we got an overnight low of six tonight, and it kids had a snow day today. We got some snow on the ground, which I freaking hate, but hey, yep. <laughs> it's part yeah. of living in the Midwest, I guess. Yep, exactly. So, so all of you have a great weekend, and we will be back here in a couple of weeks, February 1st. So please continue doing what you've been doing download share subscribe all of that good stuff and keith and i will be back here to do it all over again and until then as always take care